Do you look at your mountain of goals and feel stuck? Or have you already achieved great things and yet you know there's still more? Then you've come to the right place. We're here to offer practical tools and tangible strategies to change your mindset. And challenge you to produce a life beyond the norm. I'm Nate. I'm Laura. Welcome to the Transcendence Podcast. So one of the biggest questions that I get asked all the time is what motivates you? What causes your work ethic? What drives you? See, because being successful at a young age, there's obviously something different. There's something that I've applied to my life that not everybody just naturally gets. And I didn't naturally get it. This is something I worked at. This is something I I had to be very conscious to put into my life. So I do want to bring up the fact before we get started that Laura is not on this episode here with me. I actually brought back Isaac. Hey guys, how's it going? So Isaac's back with me. One, as we talk about this, this is something that Isaac's been a part of since day one. Um, what motivates me, what drives me. He's been a part of the whole creation behind it. But the other reason Laura's not here is Laura and I actually just had our first baby, our baby boy. He was born on October 9th. And this that was right before filming this episode. Um, so she's going to be taking a few weeks off. We're super excited. This is something we've been praying and believing for for a long time. Um, so we're just enjoying every minute of it. But with that being said, as we do this, what we like to call the cold-blooded series, it'll be a five-week series. Isaac's going to be joining me um, because, like I said, he's been a part of this creation from the very beginning. So four years ago, I started a YouTube channel called Cold-Blooded Fitness. And a lot of people just thought this was because I love reptiles because I have always loved reptiles. I've always wanted pet snakes. I've always wanted a crocodile. I've always loved anything reptile. Um, And a lot of people thought I just named it that because I like reptiles or because I thought it was cool. But honestly, there's such a deeper meaning behind cold-blooded. And this idea behind cold-blooded is the root of what motivates me and what drives me. So I wanted to make sure I shared that with you guys. And when we started this YouTube channel, it started out something that I developed in the gym. The The work ethic developed in the gym, but then I quickly realized that I could apply it to different things. I could apply it to anywhere in life. So I quickly came up with the slogan, no pack, no herd, cold-blooded. You know, and in the gym, this makes sense because in the gym, you get what you put in. You get the results of what work you put in. You know, it doesn't matter who your training partner is. It doesn't matter who your personal trainer is. It doesn't matter who your spotter is. It doesn't matter how hard the people around you are working or how many people are cheering you on when you lift. You're only going to get the results of when you work and when you lift and when you put in the effort. And to be honest, like I said, that translates into everywhere else as well. You know, like when we first started filming for the YouTube channel, uh, I would spend the Saturdays sometimes working on just different things other than the actual editing part of it, because that's what you did then. But like I would work on the intro animation, things like that. And it was uh, I spent like a whole eight hours trying to work on that. I remember when you were at work and I was just sitting there uh, messing with it, trying to learn how to do it for one and then going back and applying what I was learning and uh, putting that time in just to help create uh, the cold-blooded, the whole channel and everything like that. And I know that uh, when I was doing that, I was putting in my efforts to one, do it for myself and learning the things I wanted to learn. But then also it was just there to help Nate grow his um, vision for cold-blooded. Yeah, because the idea at cold-blooded quickly became a transition from just workout videos to now I want to captivate a culture of cold-blooded, right? I wish I could just bottle up work ethic or bottle up passion or bottle up drive and just, you know, give it out to people. 
but you can't. So I wanted to captivate exactly what motivated me to to get the results that I got, um, what motivated me to become more successful and what continued to motivate me and drive to reach for my dreams. And like you said, you were able to apply what you were learning and start developing more of a skill for yourself and putting in that work and that time and that effort. As we were doing that and growing whole-blooded, I was actually learning a lot from you. And as we were going through that, the whole mindset of cold-blooded, um, I was taking that in and it was uh, making a, a part in my heart, honestly, was uh, changing me for the better because I was taking what you have uh, were putting out and the effort that you're putting into your own craft. And I was realizing what my own dreams were and uh, how to accomplish those. Um, and that was putting the time in to actually uh, set, set that time apart to actually learn and take the time to grow um, and what I needed to grow in to actually achieve my goals. And it took a lot more time than you originally thought it would, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, some of the things like the animation, that, I mean, like I said, it took eight hours or maybe a little bit more just to work on that. And now I could do that in an hour or two. And there's just a lot of things that I had to learn along the way. And it did take a lot longer than I expected most of the time. One time I really applied myself with this cold-blooded mindset. Um, you know, when we first, Isaac and I also played lacrosse together in high school. In my first year in lacrosse, I was a junior. Um, there's a position called midfield, and it's where you get to play offense and defense. And I like that because I like to score. I like to be on the offensive side, but I really like defense because um, I really like, you know, getting physical. And, you know, I was part of the reason to play a contact sport is to get physical. Um, so I loved playing midfield because I got to do both. But there's a there's a position that's kind of like the leader of the midfield line. It's called the face-off midi, and it's it's where they go and they actually fight for the ball one-on-one with one other person from the opposing team. Um, the ref puts the ball right in between the two. You start only inches away from the ball, and as soon as the whistle blows, you go after it. Very similar to hockey when they drop the puck. Um, but I wanted to do that position so bad. But it was my first year. I was a supporting midfielder, so I was on the side. I was a wing midi um, out on the side just waiting for the ball to get kicked out for either team so we could know if we were on offense or on defense. But I wanted to be that deciding factor if we got the ball or if they got the ball. And But there was somebody faster than me. Um, now, our team did have two midfielders, and both of them were faster than me at that point. So I didn't ever get to do it. Well, that summer, I said, no, I'm going to be a face-off mini next year. So what I did every single day of the offseason, and I mean literally every day, for at least 15 minutes a day, sometimes for hours a day. If it was nice outside, I'd be outside. If it was cold or raining or anything like that, I would be inside. I practiced face-offs, face-off drills. I had a YouTube video on my phone that had random whistles so I could practice going on a whistle and my timing and everything to be better than at least one of the two. And I did become better than one of the two for the senior year team. And I became one of the face-off middies. Again, we had two because midfielders also get subbed out pretty often because of us running back and forth. So, But I became one of the two starting face-off middies, and it's because I worked on it day in and day out. I think it brings up a good point that being cold-blooded isn't about being selfish. See, I was able to do that position better than that person, so it actually made our team better as well because that person got to go into a position that they actually did better they were filling a gap so they weren't being able they weren't able to lean into their potential because no one was picking up the slack there so when i was able to lean into mine then they were able to lean into their potential see cold-blooded can be really good on a team because it's about being a benefit to your team instead of a being a liability to your team when you can really captivate the culture of cold-blooded and the work ethic of what it means to be cold-blooded you can show up better for your team. You're not relying on the team to drag you along. You're not just getting the ring because you showed up at the game and sat on the bench. 
you know, you're actually contributing to the success of the team. When you start to apply this to your life, you can show up better on a team. You can show up better on a team at work. You can show up better, you know, in your relationship. You can show up better in the gym. You can show up better with your relationship with your kids. You know, you can show up better at church. You apply these traits that we're going to go over in the next four weeks. You're going to tap in your potential to show up a better version of yourself in every place in life. Yes, yeah, so honestly, like what you're saying about the team part of it is that you can have one person, it doesn't have to be sports even, just you can be a business team or whatever, but whoever the superstar is, the one that usually puts in the most work, you know, I mean, most superstars, they're not usually actually the best talented wise. They're the one that actually puts the most effort in and that's how they become successful and one of the best. Those people are the ones that are... Um, that has to fill in the gaps with whoever their other team is. Like they always have to pick up the slack somewhere else. And then um, it's just like that. When there's more than one superstar or whoever actually puts in the effort in, you're going to see that they're actually going to be able to flourish and be, do a lot better at what they're good at because they don't have to pick up the slack anywhere else. And you can see if when there is only one person on that team that's that superstar and that puts that effort in, when they're not there, the, what's, what's the rest of the team do? They don't show up even as much as they would when the superstar is there. And you can see that when you do have multiple people, when you start getting more people that are those types of people on your team, you can see that the team starts to take off. It's not even just a little bit of growth. It's a lot. Yeah, and it's not about being even number one. It's about working towards trying to be the best, yes, but it's about maximizing your potential in the team, maximizing your skill set, um, you know, so if it's a basketball team and you're a three-point shooter, you're not going to play center or you're not going to play, you know, down low all the time. You're going to be sitting out on the outside and you're going to be able to do plays that pushes you to the outside so you can try to hit threes. That's the idea. If that's what you're good at, that's what the team needs to emphasize. But you have to be able to show up at your best. So if you're naturally a three-point shooter, try to become the best three-point shooter. You don't necessarily have to be the best basketball player, be the best at what you're going to do. Yeah, at that point, you got to double down on your strengths. Yeah. Just goes back to the same idea when we had a podcast about strength finders. Maximize your strengths. Quit worrying about your weaknesses. Make sure they're competent, but maximize what you're actually good at. So this whole idea of no pack, no herd doesn't mean no team. That's not the idea. It means don't rely on the pack or don't rely on the herd. See, most animals that are cold-blooded, from the time that they're born, they are on their own. Their parents don't protect them. Half the times, if they're eggs, they're not even protected. They're on their own. It's survival of the fittest. The stronger grow stronger and the weaker die off. That's just how it is in the cold-blooded community in the wild. You know, most cold-blooded animals, if they want to survive and they want to grow, they have to go survive and they have to go grow. There's no pack protecting them. There's no herd for protection. They can't just hide in the middle of the herd and, you know, just go along all happy go lucky. They have to go out and make their own. And that's the idea behind cold-blooded. It doesn't mean you can't join a team. It just means that you are self-motivated. It means you have the ability to show up at your 100%. It means you are continuously looking to grow and looking in some way to grow. It means you do have self-control, you have self-discipline. It means you are able to benefit a team or community that you're in. And it means you're able to tap into that potential because that's one of the most important things. So this was a quick intro of what it means to actually be cold-blooded. You know, don't rely on the people around you to build your success. Build your own success. Just like the cold-blooded animals in the wild don't rely on other animals for them to survive. They survive on their own. They grow on their own. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about four animals. We're going to talk about the snake. We're going to talk about the shark. 
we're going to talk about the crocodile, and we're going to talk about the turtle. And what do we learn? What is a trait from each of these that we learn? And then if we apply into our own lives, it'll help us captivate the culture of what it means to be cold-blooded. Thank you so much for joining this week's episode. We hope you've learned something new, that you feel challenged and leave inspired. If there's a part of this episode that stuck out to you, be sure to screenshot the podcast, post it on Instagram, and tag us in it. Let us know what captivated you. Speaking of Instagram, we would love to connect with you and make sure that you're one of the first to know of our new episodes and exciting updates. You can follow me at It's Laura Stevens. And I'm at the period Nate Stevens. If you found value in this podcast, remember to leave us a rating or review. This will allow others to see what they can benefit from this podcast as well. Join us next week as we continue to live a life beyond the norm.